to see everyone here. And uh, boy, what a wonderful time. Um, I was telling Cynthia this morning, it just doesn't feel like Christmas Eve for some reason. Can't get it my head around that this is Christmas Eve. It's getting more like it, though, the more we, we do some things. Um, it's an exciting time of the year. The time we get to give and we get to get, and, and uh, man, uh, it's a time when uh, generosity is just shown everywhere. Uh, last Monday, well, last Sunday night, if you were here, we had tables all set up, and it didn't take long to pack up 20 clothes baskets full of food and gifts and, and things that we took to uh, uh, Neil Armstrong Elementary. We took 10 baskets there, and we took 10 baskets to uh, Port Charlotte Middle School, and the reaction was incredible. The people just loved it, the, the staff. In fact, we're going to be in the Port Charlotte Middle School's newsletter. They were taking pictures and everything else. They were just so pleased. I want to thank you for your generosity. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about generosity. And, you know, it's one of the most wonderful things you can have is to be generous. In fact, we even went back and said that, that generosity is genius because it works so well. It's, a win, it's the ultimate win-win situation. And we talked about how to give and what we do. And today, though, I want to talk about how God measures generosity. You know, in Luke, tells the story of the, the widow and her mites. But let me bring that story forward. In the churches I've served in, there are times when people give the pastor gifts. We usually have like a pastor appreciation day or something. And you know the gifts that meant the most to me? came from people who I know sacrificed everything to give me a little bit of a gift. It may have only been $5. That $5 was in a proportion to so many was just such a sacrificial, generous gift. And I want to go this morning, I want to use the, the Christmas story to, to show what generosity is and how God measures generosity. You see, God doesn't measure generosity by the size of our gift, but by the size of our sacrifice. So if you will, we're going to be in Matthew 2, Matthew 1, Luke 2. Maybe a little bit of Luke 1. Those are all the places you find the, the story. But let me start with the Magi. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Well, they meet with Herod and they talk and, and they find out that it's Bethlehem where they're to go. And then down and uh, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, I don't want to mess up your, your Christmas story too much and your nativity scenes that we have all back there, but the reality of it is the wise men didn't make it to meet Jesus until he's about two years old. But 
what they brought was money. Kind of the beginning of generosity is they shared their money. Now I want you to think about it. God had given them a star. They followed all the way from the east. Probably Iran, if you want to get a picture of the area. They came from Iran. They traveled. They followed this star. They came to Herod, who was a really nasty, bad man. As you know later, he had all the children, three and under killed in, in, in uh, Bethlehem. He was a really bad king. He, he, he even had his own kids killed. He was a terrible guy. But they came to him. They found out that, that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. And they came and they worshipped him and they gave him their money. By the way, when you go to meet the king, you normally bring a gift. They brought a gift. Their sacrifice was their money. The next group we see are the shepherds. And they sacrificed their time. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away, from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Y'all, many of you know I was just in Israel not long ago, and I was thinking about bringing some pictures of Bethlehem. But modern Bethlehem is just ugly. It, it really is. There's tourist shops everywhere. You know, there's the, uh, it, it, it's awful. And the, the place where they believe the, the manger would have been in the caves in that area, there's a big, huge church there, and it's run by different denominations. And it, it, it just isn't real Christmassy. What is pretty good is a, a place you go called the Shepherd's Field, which is a few miles away, and it looks across the valley over to Bethlehem. And these shepherds would have been in those hills, and they would have been working their sheep at night, taking care of that flock. They would have had them pinned in, maybe even had them inside some, some caves to keep them safe at night. And the angel appeared to them. And they told them, and they, they told them about this child that was being born, the Savior of the world being born in Bethlehem. And these shepherds left their flocks and went and used their time. They sacrificed their time to go and see this child. I'm sure there's one bummed out, one or two bummed out guys, probably the youngest of the bunch, had to stay with a the sheep. They didn't get to go see isn't that the way it goes? But the shepherds, this is kind of a, 
they sacrifice their time. And if you'll see what we're trying to do here, I want to show you the different levels of sacrifice. It's kind of like, I learned to water ski. I was a good water skier at one time. It kind of started with a kneeboard thing, and then I went to two skis, and then you learn to drop one ski off, and then you, you're skiing on one, and then you don't even drop, you just get up on one. Uh, we had called it was a jerk start. You stand in water about a little bit above your ankles, boat would take off, and you'd do about three hops, and you're gone. And once you got really good slalom and stuff, if you were really brave, you'd learn how to barefoot. And you'd ski with on one ski with your foot on top, and you'd stick one in the water, then you'd slide off, and you'd do like this, and you're water skiing. See, it all started with a kneeboard, two skis, one ski, no skis. This is what generosity looks like. It starts with money, starts with time, and it progresses. I want you to see the third group, third person, Joseph. Joseph sacrificed his reputation. Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But when he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, get this, fear not, to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I don't know if we really think a whole lot about Joseph. You know, we, we don't understand or don't study back that culture. Even in our culture, it might not be so good what happened to him. You see, he was engaged to this young girl who's anywhere from 13 to 15 years old. They're engaged, and then all of a sudden, this engaged girl comes up pregnant. Now, Joseph didn't know anything about the virgin birth and the Holy Ghost coming in and stuff. What is the first thing that you would come to his mind? She's been out messing around. That makes sense. So him being a nice guy, a just guy, a, a, a godly man, doesn't want to, he could have publicly had her stoned, but he was just going to divorce her quietly until an angel came in a dream and explained to him that, no, this child is of the Holy Ghost and he should stay with her, and he will take care of her, and he will be his, her husband. So what is everybody going to think of Joseph? <laughs> Look at Joseph. Man, he married that girl. What a girl she was. Man, she was out messing around. They know that, the, even if... <laughs> Even as Joseph said, look, look, the angel told me, man, that she's, she's, she's pregnant of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. Joseph was the laughing stock of the town. Everybody was laughing at Joseph. They were making fun of him. 
his fiance cheated on him, got pregnant, and he's still hanging out with her. He's still going to marry her. What's wrong with Joseph? Joseph sacrificed his reputation. All his life, they looked, that firstborn, that's not Joseph's. It's true. It wasn't Joseph's. He wasn't Joseph's. He was God's. Joseph gave his sacrifice. But what about Mary? What about Mary? Mary gave away her future. She sacrificed her future. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast her mind what manner of situation this should be. Okay, guys, we, we, we sometimes, again, we have a, as we read the Bible, we, maybe our imagination doesn't go quite where it ought to. Here's this young girl, 13 to 15 years old, living in a little town, engaged to be married, not a wealthy person, and all of a sudden the angel comes to her. And it says here that she was a bit troubled in her mind. And she was trying to, I love how it says, and cast her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Let's put that in modern English. She was wondering, what in the world's going on here? Who is this guy? Can you, Deanna, if an angel came and started talking to you, would you not, I could hear you freaking out. Yeah. Gretchen? Yeah. You'd have a fit. This is what, she'd be, now, let's go on with this. And behold, thou, <laughs> an angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Right. And Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I have not known a man? That makes good sense. How am I going to have a kid? I, I'm a virgin. I've never been with anyone. The angel answered the center of the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Just to give her a little more encouragement. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. I like this verse. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. As a young girl, Mary would be excited. She's engaged to a, a man, a, a great man named 
Joseph, a godly man, a good and kind man. And she's looking forward to her future, to have children, and to, to, to be a mother, and to, to take care of her children. And all of a sudden, her whole world gets shaken. An angel comes. Her whole future is changed. Her firstborn is of God, is the Son of God. She had other children and, and, and uh, many other children, sons and daughters, and the Bible's very clear about that. But her whole future now was wrapped in this, this man. Even her other children were... were her whole future's different. Her firstborn is nailed to a cross to redeem the world. Her other children who came to know and understand who Jesus was she watched them be martyred. Her whole future was changed. She sacrificed her whole future. Then we come to Jesus. The Son of God. Jesus sacrificed his life. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Hebrews 12, 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ, creator of the universe, the king of the universe, comes to this world as a child. Not born in a king's home, born in a stable. Not in a king's house, but a carpenter's. Not to the glory of the world, but in humility. And he grows into a man, a sinless man who willingly lays down his life, who sacrifices his life to pay the debt, to pay the ransom for his sinful creation. You see, he sacrificed his life. God the Father. God the Father sacrificed his most precious possession his prized possession. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know about you. I, have a, I would have a hard time sacrificing my child, any one of my children. I'll, tell, I'll sacrifice myself, I can handle that, but not my children, not my grandchildren. God the Father gave his most prized possession, his son. You see, generosity is not so much a, a virtuous act as it is a virtuous response to the love of God. 
God doesn't measure generosity by the size of the gift, but by the, the size of the sacrifice. And, and increasing levels of generosity, well, they will also bring some increasing levels of blessing and reward. I don't want to leave you that place. We, we, everything's been kind of negative. They gave up, they gave up, they gave up. Let me talk about some blessings. The Magi's. The Magi. They got to see the Messiah. Yes, they got to see the Messiah. The Savior of the world. The shepherds. They gave their time. And, and, and what they got to do is they saw the Savior lying in that manger and they were able to go out and tell everyone what's going on. We saw the child. He's the Messiah. He's the one that's come to save us. Think about them 40 years later. Those shepherds, the stories they would tell. Man, we were up in the, we were up in the, the hills taking care of the sheep and, and this angel came. Then the whole sky lit up with angels and, and they were telling us about this child that's born in Bethlehem and they were singing and praising God and, and we went down and we saw this child. We got to see him. We told everyone what had happened. And, and that child grew up, and he was Jesus, and he died on that cross, but he rose again. We got to see him as a baby. Can you imagine how great that be? That's better than going to any sporting event ever. Listen, I've been to a Super Bowl. I've been to the National Championship College football games. I've been, I'd rather go see that. Think about Joseph. Man, he sacrificed his reputation. But what a gift he was given. He got to be the son of God's dad. Can you think about that? He got to, to teach that boy carpentry. He got to go and they, they go to Jerusalem and they lose him. They can't find Jesus anyway. They come back and there's his boy. Twelve years old talking to all the scribes and the Pharisees and all the religious leaders and teachers and teaching them. Can you imagine how proud he was? Those of you who have sons know what a blessing it is to, to be with your son and to teach them things and to do things with them. I think Joseph had no problem sacrificing his reputation. He got to be he got to be the son of God's dad here on earth. And Mary. What an incredible future she ended up having. And Jesus Christ is set down at the right hand of the Father. And the Father completed the redemption of his people. saying, Chip Ingram said this, he said, generosity is to love as thunder is to lightning. What that means is, you know what, you can give a whole lot without loving, but you can't love without giving. Let me give you a couple quick applications this morning. I'm giving you a lot to sort through and to think about. You see, generosity always begins with with God. 
It's the visible expression of His infinite and, and, and incomprehensible love for us. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Ephesians 3.16-19, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all fullness of God. He wants us to know His incredible love. And He gives us. And he gives to us. And he gives to us. He gave the Magi a star. He gave the Magi a star. He gave the shepherds a heavenly chorus. He gave Joseph dreams. And he gave Mary an angel. He gave us his son. It always begins with God. Our generosity is the visual expression of our love. It's our response to God's love. I want you to understand, love is not about feelings. It's not about emotions. It's about actions. When we respond to God's love, we should respond out of generosity and out of sacrifice. Generous living begins with money. Once again, think about that water ski. How many of y'all water ski? I may be the wrong. A few of you. Let me go. How many of you ride bicycles? Okay, let's start with this then. You know, what can I say? Start with a tricycle, three wheels, right? You're a little kid and you go around. The big wheel was a great one. Then you graduate to a, bi a real bicycle, but with training wheels. Okay? Money, the generosity with money is the, the tricycle. Well, your time is a bicycle with training wheels. And what do you do with the training wheels? I don't know. My parents took one off. Made me ride with, with just one training wheel for a while. Maybe that goes to the, to the next thing. And then they took off the training wheels completely, and after a few great falls, I mastered a bicycle. You see, our sacrifice starts with our money. That's just the training wheels, the tricycle with generosity. Our time would be the training wheels, and it graduates, and it graduates, and it graduates until we're at this place where our very lives are a perpetual gift of worship to God. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, to follow Christ, to be generous, is much more than church attendance, throwing a little bit of money in the offering plate. It's worshiping God with all your being. This morning, as we think about the Christmas tomorrow, as we, as we celebrate the, the birth of our Savior, meditate on these sacrifices. And where are you in your generosity? Where is God measuring your generosity? Maybe it's time to take the training wheels off and present your lives a living sacrifice, which is your logical worship, your reasonable service. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you this morning, we are so very, very thankful for your love, your sacrifice that redeemed us. Lord, I pray that... Uh, there's anyone here this morning that has never received you as their Savior. Lord, if maybe they're religious, maybe they're in church, maybe they know all the things that know the Bible, they know the stories, but maybe they just don't know you. I pray, Lord, that this morning that you would draw them to you. And Father, that they would see their need of a Savior. And that today would be the day that they would call upon Jesus to forgive their sins and to be their Lord. Lord, for us who know you, Lord, may we not just be satisfied with a, a status quo. May we not just be satisfied with a performance. But Lord, may we give us, give you our entire lives to do with what you want. And know that we will be greatly rewarded as we are generous with our time, our talents, our treasures, with our life. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.